Hi, and welcome to the Vineyard Northwest podcast. At Vineyard Northwest, we aim to be a culture that welcomes heaven to earth by raising up world-changing kingdom leaders. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our executive pastors, Luke Hazenmeyer. It is my privilege this morning to conclude our series, Emotional by Design. Hasn't this been a great series so far? Thank you. Um, Tons of super helpful teaching, and man, that panel of experts that we had come in, I see some of, I see Barb right there, I saw Nick earlier, let's just give it up for them one more time. Thank you, guys. So, I want to reiterate something that Wilson shared a few weeks ago. He kind of shared, like, why did we even do this series in the first place? What led us to focus on emotions and emotional health and processing and managing and stewarding our emotions in a healthy way. And he shared three things. First is that it's just simply a part of discipleship. It's a part of being Jesus's disciple, following Jesus. A part of following Jesus is growing in emotions, you know, not suppressing them, not um, venting them on people, all the things we've talked about. It's just a part of growth. But then secondly, he shared This is somewhat a neglected church, or sorry, a neglected topic in Christianity. (laughs) This is just, you know, we got a lot of people here who just have neglect wounds and no. So, um, yeah, it's it's, it's neglected. This topic gets neglected. Emotions, talking about emotions and emotional health gets neglected in Christianity for some reason. I think the two kind of reasons for that are that one, Sometimes in Christianity, uh, emotions are undervalued. They're not valued appropriately. They're seen as a sign of weakness. And then two, on the other extreme, they can be over-spiritualized. So emotions can be indicative. Um, you know, having an emotion can be indicative of being, of a, uh, well, if you're, if, you're, if you're feeling sad one day and you're, in a, you're under a teaching that over-spiritualized emotions, you might be taught that means that you're being possessed by a demon because of that sadness, right? So you get the point. Um, It's somewhat neglected. And then third, uh, we believe this church is called to steward this word that we've gotten from a number of people about being a healing community. And we're not just a healing community for broken bodies, but we're a healing community for people that need emotional healing as well. So that's why we did this series in the first place. And um, I really, to me, um, it's just important to remember that. So let me move on now into my message this morning. My message this morning is titled The New Way. And it's part eight of the series. Um, And when I say the new way, what I mean is the new way of approaching emotions. You see, hopefully, we're different after this sermon series, right? Hopefully, we don't just like move on to the next topic that we're gonna talk about here at church and forget everything that we learned about emotions and go back to the same emotional dysfunction we had before, right? That's the whole point in you guys coming here and listening and us doing these sermon series. And so, I wanna kind of like share what after everything that we've heard, after all the teachings we've had, what is this new way of 
us as followers of Jesus approaching our emotions. And um, I wanna share a few statements about what the new way is. So the, one of the first things that we talked about in this series, like going back to the very beginning, was about the suppression of emotions or the stuffing of emotions. And so my first point is this, the old way was to suppress our emotions, the new way is to process them. And why is it wrong to suppress our emotions? Because God is emotional. The designer himself is emotional and if the designer himself is emotional, then, and, he, and, he, and the designer himself made us to be emotional beings, then suppressing that part of ourself is actually suppressing something godly. We are suppressing something godly when we suppress our emotions because godly, godliness is just being like God and if God's emotional, then so should we be. And another big important part of not suppressing is really believing that less emotional does not equal more Christian. Being less emotional does not mean that you're a better Christian. And you know what, I'll even take it this far. Being less emotional does not mean you are more self-controlled. Why? Well, God is fully emotional and also the most self-controlled being in the universe. So we know right off the bat, less emotional does not automatically equal more self-controlled. And so, um, so we don't suppress. We don't suppress our emotions uh, because that aspect of ourselves is actually godly. And then um, as we're not suppressing, what are we doing instead? We are processing emotions. And when we've used that word a lot, I wanna just kind of bring a little bit of clarity to it. When we talk about processing our emotions, simply put, what we mean is talking about them rather than forgetting about them. It's actually exploring them, maybe with God or with another person. It is talking about what we're feeling rather than just having that feeling and then moving on with life. And so if this is, if you came into this, this morning or this series, and you kind of know, yep, I'm a classic emotional suppressor. I stuff them. I don't talk about them. Here's how I think you can continue to grow in this way. A few times per week, just make this a new habit or discipline. Share how you're feeling, not just what you're thinking with somebody close to you. So it can be with God, but it sh I think it, sh if it's with, it should be with God for sure, but it should be with another person too. Sit down with them and share with them a feeling you're having, not a thought. And for some of you, this is gonna be difficult. You're gonna like try to turn your feeling into a thought. Like, you know, I've just been thinking that sadness is really present with me right now, right? You know, it's gonna, be, it's gonna feel foreign. It's gonna feel awkward. Maybe you've never said to someone close to you, right now I'm feeling fill in the blank. Maybe that's you and I, I wanna tell you like, um, the... <laughs> Suppressing your emotions, it's, it is, it's the old way. It is not the way that, of Jesus. And Jesus' invitation to you this morning is to step out of that prison, which it really is, out of that place of, um, of restriction and start to share your emotions. And, um, 
And I really believe you're gonna see just so much good that we've already talked about. I don't wanna preach that message, but so much good that'll come out of that. And so as we stop suppressing our emotions, as we are learning to know I'm not gonna stuff them down, I'm actually gonna share them with somebody, what tends to happen is we start to experience our emotions more. And we start to experience them strongly sometimes. And that can be kind of like a scary place to be, especially if we're not used to it. And so my second point is that even when we're there, the old way was to ignore our emotions. The new way is to explore them. Even the strong ones, even the ones that are uncomfortable, even the ones that we don't like, we're not called to just ignore those or try to not think about them. We're called to explore them. Uh, let's throw up that diagram from a few weeks ago uh, that Jordan, I believe, shared. So just a paradigm for emotions. There's uncomfortable and comfortable. The panel talked a lot about that. It's better to say uncomfortable and comfortable than like good or bad. And then there's healthy or unhealthy. And so there's various examples in each of those quadrants. I'm not going to go into that. But, um, but when we have... I guess I'll go into it a little bit. <laughs> when we have a uh, when we have a, like a an uncomfortable and an unhealthy emotion, right? It doesn't feel good and it's not good for us. It's easy to just be like, I just need to like distance myself from this. I need to like stuff this down, get rid of this, figure out how to not have it again. But no, even those, there's an opportunity to explore those and see what how God might want you to grow through exploring that emotion. More on that later, but. The second thing I wanna say about exploring emotions is that emotions are important to explore because they give us information that is valuable to us. That's something I remember one of the people on the panel kept saying over and over again that, look, even the most insidious emotions you can think of, they are still gonna give you information that God can use to actually grow you and help you. Like, um, yeah, so, what kinds, of what kinds of information do emotions give? Let me give you like four quick kinds of information that emotions will give us. One, they'll tell us what we believe to be true about ourselves, about God, about others, or about like the way things are or should be. Secondly, emotions will give us information about our physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. You know, sometimes the anxiety you're feeling is because of what you're eating or because of uh, not sleeping well. Like sometimes um, emotions can actually have a physical source. So um, they can give us that information. Uh, third thing emotions can give us information about is what God is saying, and the fourth one is the spiritual realm. So like we've talked about, we don't ignore emotions. We explore that valuable information they give us so we can grow into more mature, healthier followers of Jesus. And if this is the one that you feel like could apply to your life right now, if you're like, you know what? I have these strong emotions, but I don't really know what to do with them. I don't necessarily feel like they're helping me grow. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. There's a verse in the Bible that says, take every thought captive. And kind of the idea is like, whenever you have a thought, don't just let it go in one ear and out the other and wreak havoc on your mind and your heart. Like, take it captive, examine it, ask yourself, is this thought from God? 
If not, reject it. If so, embrace it. And so I wanna tell you, take every emotion captive. If you wanna start exploring your emotions, the first thing you have to do is decide, okay, I just felt intense disappointment around something I don't feel like I should have been disappointed, this disappointed about. Lord, or even if you did feel like you should have been that disappointed, regardless, Lord, um, is there anything you wanna show me about the way that I'm thinking about my health, my relational, spiritual, emotional health, the spiritual realm? Like, is there anything you wanna show me right now that is gonna help me grow or is it gonna lead me to repentance or, or just help me become more like Jesus? So take those emotions captive, especially the ones that are uncomfortable or unhealthy. And if you do that and you ask God and you don't hear anything, you know, don't just give up there. You know, sometimes learning to hear God's voice, it's, it's a journey. It's not the easiest thing for everyone. Um, go read your Bible and just choose. If you don't know where to read, choose a chapter, read it, see if anything pops from that. Um, you can always talk to a trusted Christian friend or mentor or advisor, they can help you discern what God might be saying through it, but explore it, don't ignore it. And perhaps the greatest obstacle that we will run into um, that will stop us from receiving this information, this information on our emotions would be condemnation, condemning ourselves for having the emotion in the third in the first place. And so my third point is this. The old way was to be ashamed of our emotions. The new way is to investigate them. And if you find yourself in this place where you have emotions and then you beat yourself up for having emotions, let me give you my application right in the beginning here. Stop shaming yourself. Stop shaming yourself when you have uncomfortable or even unhealthy emotions. Let's take in an emotion like contempt, right? Contempt is kind of like a combination of feeling superior to someone and having the desire to ridicule them or make them feel pathetic or embarrass them. You know, that's, an, that's a real emotion that I'm sure many of us in this room, myself included, have experienced before. And when we experience an emotion like that, that feels so dark, we can be tempted to immediately be like, wow, something must be really wrong with me if I'm feeling this emotion. Yeah. And you know what? Something might be wrong with the way you're thinking. God might want to address some sinful mindsets that are there. Or you know what? You might have just been hurt by somebody or hurt by a situation in life and you didn't heal right. And so beating yourself up is not what you need. Healing is what you need. But regardless of whether, you know, whatever our like uh, portion of responsibility is in feeling that emotion, feeling it itself is not sinful. What we do with it is what is sinful and, um, and shaming ourselves for it is not helpful in the slightest bit. So that's kind of like hyperspeed review of the last seven weeks and um, those three points are things that have been talked about a lot so far. I wanna leave you now with one final thought on the new way of approaching emotions. And it's not something to my knowledge that we've really 
talked about a lot from the stage. We probably hit on it a little bit. And I think it's a good thing we didn't get to this point I'm about to share you until now, because it's the kind of mindset that is tricky to really incorporate into your thinking unless you kind of have some other foundations, foundational truths laid first. So fourth point is this. The old way was emotional decision-making. The new way is emotional resilience. It's tricky when we start talking about be more resilient emotionally, right? Because what do you feel or think right when I say that? Probably something like, oh, just get, get control of yourself. You know, stop being so emotional. Like, those are the kinds of messages I think can come from a statement like this unless we have all of the other foundational things laid. And so if it's true that God is emotional, if it's true that being emotional is good, if it's true that we don't wanna suppress our emotions, that we don't wanna ignore our emotions, and that we don't wanna shame ourselves for having emotions, then what does it actually look like to step into having resilience with our emotions and not making decisions out of our emotions. Jordan said a few weeks ago that emotions are great advisors, but terrible decision makers. And I would adjust it a little bit. I'd say emotions are great, advi great advisors and can be terrible decision makers. More on that later. But the idea here is that our emotions sometimes tell us to make bad decisions or even unwise or destructive decisions. Sometimes our emotions lead us into sin. And this is why Paul said what he said in probably the most commonly used passage for this sermon series, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, one more time just so that you get even more sick of it than you already are. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. And so the idea here is, hey, being angry itself is not the sin. The sin is what you do flowing out of that anger. And so, yes, experience your anger. Don't try to like stuff it down, but don't sin. Now, sounds really easy, right? But there's a problem here. The problem with this, with applying this verse to our lives is that the angrier you get, the easier it is to sin, right? The, or let me put it this way. As the intensity of our emotions increase, our willpower to make godly decisions decreases. So it kind of makes sense why stuffing your emotions has been a strategy that's been used. Because it's like, the more emotional I get, the more I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> the more emotional I get, the more I want to do something destructive. Uh, do something hurtful, right? And so it's just easier to try to like stuff those down. Well, if we know that's not an option anymore, if we know that we can't just stuff our emotions down, how do we not get to those points where our emotions are so intense that we just feel out of control? And um, I think emotional resilience is the answer to that. Now, let me give one quick caveat to emotional decision-making. Emotional decision-making is not always bad. Emotional decision-making can be good 
And here's when it's good. When you and God are on the exact same page emotionally about a situation, making a decision out of that emotion is a good thing. So for example, Jesus walks into the temple, sees people extorting poor people for money to make sacrifices, and what does he do? He feels anger, and what does his anger lead him to do? Flip tables, drive people out with a whip, right? So it seems like that was an emotional decision. Would you agree? Seems like Jesus made an emotional decision there. Guess what? That was the righteous decision. Why? Because Father God was experiencing the exact same emotion with Jesus. And when we find ourselves in those situations where, you know, maybe God is feeling joy about a certain scenario, and so out of the joy we're feeling, we make a decision, that's a time where it's a good thing, or even anger. You know, if God's feeling anger about an injustice, and you, out of that anger, decide to do something about it, that is a good thing. That, so emotional decision-making, I don't want to paint it as always bad. But the problem is, so often, the emotions we're feeling are not actually the emotions he's feeling. Because of our beliefs and because of our hurts and tons of other stuff. And um, let me share with you, I wanna back up a second. Let me share with you a quick story about our emotions aligning with God's. That's just a cool, interesting story. So probably about five or six years ago, I was leading the young adults ministry here and I had a group of my core leaders. We were sitting in the atrium of the, of the church and we were sharing just about ministry and reaching our friends and stuff. And one of my leaders at the time, his name was Aaron, he started to share about how um, some of his close friends had recently been caught up in this um, kind of like cynical, critical, theological mindset. And they were actually being drawn away from Jesus and away from following God because of that. And as he's sharing, he's getting angrier and angrier, right? And while this is happening, before he starts sharing, the weather outside was like sunny. It might've been partly cloudy, okay? But it was not like there was a storm coming. But as he starts sharing, it starts getting darker around. You know, if you're on the atrium, there's all those windows, right? It starts getting darker and darker. We're like, what's going on? And then Aaron gets to a point where he's crying as he's sharing what's on his heart about his, how angry he is about how his friends have been deceived and, and drawn away by the enemy. And it literally starts hailing, like huge hail, right outside, of, like we're watching it. <laughs> and I, I swear, it happened exactly like this. I am not dramatizing anything. And it's like thundering and lightning. And right when he finishes, I think he prayed. Hail stops, thunder subsides, clouds part, and we walk outside and it's sunny again. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Some of you in here probably remember that. I'm looking around the room. But, um, you know, I, I just for fun. I think, okay, yes, it could have been, it is possible it could have just been a coincidence, right? I think that's possible. In case you're like, in case, if this is breaking your brain, let me help you a little bit. Um, <laughs> it could have been a coincidence. I think another option it could have been is perhaps God foresaw that that little mini storm was coming 
on our area. And so in order to like encourage and affirm what Aaron was feeling, he like planned it out so that the meeting would happen right as the storm came and Aaron shared right at the right moment, right? So that's possible too. But then you know what? It's possible that Aaron moved God's heart and that's how God expressed himself in that moment. You know, in James chapter five, he talks about how uh, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective and he's pulling that statement out of a story in the Old Testament where a guy prayed and it rained. So it's not out of the question to think that our prayers and our um, us lifting up our heart to God can impact the weather. So that would be another example of a time where, you know, Aaron's heart, he was angry, yes. He was even, you know, he was speaking out of his anger, yes. But his heart was aligned with God. And so it was a good thing. So, so yeah, that's long, fun point just to make that um, emotional decision-making can be good. But, you know, with the more rare situations of, crying and making it hail, and Jesus flipping tables, um, our uncomfortable emotions can drive us to sinful, wrong, unwise, reckless, bad, and destructive decisions. And so the question I wanna answer is, how do we embrace our emotions in all of their intensity without succumbing to the easy temptation to vent them in a sinful way? How do we actually be angry and not sin? And I think the answer is growing in emotional resilience. I've thrown that term around a lot. Let me define it. Emotional resilience is this, making a godly decision while experiencing an emotion. Now, this is kind of like the definition that has been like edited specifically for the church, like for our context. You know, if you look at this term up in psychology, it'll be a little bit different, but this is essentially what it is. And I look, I did in my research, different people with a whole lot of letters after the, after the name had different definitions for this term. So I'm like, I can make mine up then if I want. <laughs> as long as it sticks to the heart of it, right? So making a godly decision while experiencing an emotion. It's when you wanted to go off on someone on social media and you maybe even typed up a comment, but then you delete that comment because you know that's the godly thing to do. Or maybe it's when you wanted to give someone the middle finger on I-75, but you kept those fingers down, right? <laughs> or maybe it's when you wanted to punch a wall after being awake all night. Just kidding, man. <laughs> so it's when in the heat of the moment where your brain, your emotions are telling you, giving you all of these options of sins you could commit to, um, to kind of like release those emotions. It's when you choose the godly thing instead. And it doesn't have to just be anger. It can be disappointment. Sometimes you might be feeling intense disappointment and maybe you wanna go polish off a bottle of vodka or maybe you wanna um, do something else destructive to you or other people. Like it's saying, no, I'm not doing that. I am um, choosing to make a godly decision instead. Now, um, I think we all know this. We all know that when we're feeling an emotion, 
We want to do the godly thing, not the ungodly thing. That, that's not the complicated part. But um, I think the reason that this just simple concept is so difficult is because, you know, not that it's like, it's because of how we approach it. It's how we attempt to grow in it. Here's what I mean. In... Um, in developing emotional resilience, I think our fatal flaw is that we start in the wrong place. So let me paint you a scenario. You go to, a, you go to church, you hear a message, it inspires you, yes, I want to start making more godly decisions even when I'm experiencing emotions. Hopefully that happens today. Um, maybe you listen to a podcast, same thing, okay, yes, I want to start growing in this, right? Probably something that a lot of us have done before. I know I've done before that myself. And where I've gone wrong before, maybe you have too, is I start thinking to myself, okay, what scenarios in my life, like where am I needing this? Where do I need emotional resilience? And usually what I think of is, okay, in my worst fight I've ever had with my spouse, I really just let my emotions fly there and I send all over the place. Okay. I need to practice emotional resilience there. Or maybe in, you know, my mom or my dad or whoever family member that has hurt me and I feel unforgiveness towards them. I've been acting out emotionally against them, trying to make them feel pain, whatever. Okay. I need to practice emotional resilience there. Like, I think we go to these huge places. We go to like, we, our mind goes to, okay, I need to grow in this in this scenario that is where I'm like feeling the most intense emotions. I think we start with like our hardest challenges. And I think that's why we often try to push our emotions down in that next big fight, or we try to, you're not push our emotions down, but we try to make a godly decision in that next big fight. But after resisting for a few minutes or maybe even a few hours, when we finally do succumb again and we sin out of our emotions, we're like, well, um, I tried it, didn't work, and we kind of give up. And so I wanna encourage you, like, if you wanna grow in emotional resilience, if you wanna grow in making godly decisions while experiencing emotion, don't start with the aspect of your life that is causing you the strongest, most intense uncomfortable emotions. Start small. Start in a small place. Like if, if you, let's say that you sometimes use colorful language when you're cut off in traffic, right? Or maybe you throw your phone when you lose a game that you're playing on it, okay? That, that was from my first message in this <laughs> series. Um, start there. Next time you're feeling angry while driving, and you want to give someone the finger, you want to you know, cuss to yourself out loud in the car, choose not to do it. Start with small aspects of your life. The next time that a server gets your order wrong or the next time that um, you know, you're at a restaurant and service is taken, like, gosh, I've been, I asked for lemon for my water like 20 minutes ago, right? Instead of complaining, choose not to. Choose to say something different, choose to make a godly decision. And I believe that when we start small 
and we start getting small victories and developing that emotional resilience kind of from the bottom up, it's gonna help us respond better and better in those moments of intensity, in those more significant experiences that we have. And by the way, the Bible has so much to say about starting small. You know, you've probably heard the verse, do not despise small beginnings. Um, not just about emotions, but also about wealth. You know, those who gather little by little, little will increase their wealth. Like starting small, a mustard seed, you know, you get, starting small is often the way of the kingdom. And it can be really helpful for us. Second thing that makes growth in emotional resilience difficult that I think we can grow into is really at the end of the day, we just don't like to be uncomfortable. You know, who likes to be uncomfortable? Nobody, right? We don't like to be uncomfortable. And because we don't like to be uncomfortable, when we have uncomfortable emotions, we wanna figure out a way to like get rid of those emotions. And so that's often when those sinful choices come. A few, probably a month or two ago, Jamie and I, my wife, were getting into an argument. And it was actually, so if you know, if you know us, you know that we had, we had, our household had a bout with COVID. I had it for six days. Jamie had it for seven. Our son Titus had it for eight. And um, really for us, the worst part of it was, uh, our tit- was Titus. He was just waking up every 30 minutes in the night, couldn't breathe out of his nose. And when he coughed, he would feel pain. It was really sad. But um, during that time, I obviously was not working. I was staying at home and I, you know, I had fever and stuff. So I, was, I wasn't like working from home. I was just on the couch. And there was, so two days into my bout with COVID, there was one meeting that I had planned forever that was super important for something that we're gonna be doing later this fall that I decided I was still gonna have with the people involved, obviously over Zoom. And I text them all and I say, hey guys, we're gonna have this meeting still. Um, And it's gonna be really short, gonna be like five or 10 minutes long. So I just want to kind of like get some things started so that when I'm back and healthy, we can hit the ground running on this project. So I set up the meeting and uh, I didn't tell Jamie that I was gonna have the meeting. She was better at this, I was sick, she was better at this point. Um, Well, she was, I mean, you know, she was recovering, but she wasn't feeling terrible every day. And so when the time comes for me to have this meeting, I hadn't given her any heads up or warning and I walk into our living room where she's watching TV and I sit down and open my laptop up and open Zoom, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna have a meeting right now. And I, tell, I can tell right off the bat, she's immediately irritated with me. And so she rolls her eyes at me, gets up, and walks out of the room. And I'm sitting there, and I start to feel angry, right? Because I'm, I'm feeling like, um, like, what did I do, you know? What, I, I found out later what I did, but <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Like, this seems so innocent. This seems so, you know, I felt like she wasn't treating me fairly, right? And I'm, you know, I'm sick. So I'm like, can you have some sympathy for me? I'm sick, right? <laughs> and so I start to feel anger. And, you know, I feel like in my chest, it's weird. Some, it's, you know, 
Van talked about one of the messages, anger or emotions rather, they're neurophysical responses. So like it's, yes, it's in your mind, but it also impacts your body too. So I'm feeling that anger in my chest and immediately my emotions start telling me decisions to make. And there are a bunch of different ones, but the one of them that I almost acted on was I'm gonna go into the kitchen and I'm gonna start loudly doing the dishes. And <laughs> I'm gonna start just like, on the dishwasher, throwing those plates back in the cover, you know, and hopefully irritate her because she, because who likes to hear, you know, who likes to hear loud dishes clanging around, especially when you have a baby sleeping in the other room. And that's going to get her to, and I actually didn't realize this is why I was doing it, but I think the reason I wanted to do that was I knew it would annoy her and get her to come back out so we could keep fighting, right? So I could deal with that anger. I could get rid of that anger that was like in my chest. And so I'm about to get up and start doing that. And I had it in my head, like what I would say when she came out annoyed at me. And um, so I'm about to do that. And then I feel like the Lord spoke to me and said, just be here with your anger right now. And I don't know if it sounds profound to you, but it was very profound to me in that moment. Like just be, just be still. Yes, you're angry, but if he was, what he was inviting me to was to just exist in that moment, even in that discomfort. And I was like, okay. So I just sat there and I just was uncomfortable because of my anger, but I didn't do anything. And, you know, a few minutes later, Jamie came back out and she sat down and she explained to me like, hey, um, here's why here's why I was irritated. Like I was watching a TV show and then you just came in without even telling me and sat down like you were going to have a Zoom meeting right in the living room while I'm watching a show. I said, okay, yeah, you're right. That makes sense. That was just kind of rude and not considerate. Um, and then I explained to her like, you know, I wasn't like going to have a full blown meeting because she was like, if you're feeling well enough to have a meeting, can you help me with taking care of our sick baby? You know, um, so then I explained to her, like, hey, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to have like a long meeting. It's like just like a five or 10 minute meeting because it's something super important. And I, you know, I told her, yeah, but that makes sense. Like if you're like exhausted from just getting over COVID yourself and now taking care of me and our sick 10 month old, like I could see how. And so we reconciled, right? And we reconciled in a way where neither of us made a sinful decision. And what happened there, what happened there was God taught me that, taught me the value of being in the discomfort, the value of not just immediately finding a fix, a quick fix to release that emotion, but to just be there and be dialoguing with him. And I think if we can learn to just sometimes not go to a way, not try to find a way to get to like relieve ourselves of the emotion, if we can learn just to, okay, <laughs> I don't like how I feel right now. This is uncomfortable. Um, if we can learn to be, just be with our emotions, we'll grow in emotional resilience. And if we grow in emotional resilience, we'll grow in our ability to have emotions but not sin because of them. So there's a new way to step into when it comes to your emotions. And I really believe that if you choose to engage with this, if you choose to not just let this series come and go, 
But if you choose to engage with this new way when it comes to our emotions, you're gonna be healthier, you're gonna be happier, you're gonna have better relationships, but most importantly, you're gonna look more like Jesus. So uh, would you stand with me? I'm gonna pray for you, pray for us.